0: Section 2 of Lightfoot the Deer by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. Section 2 The Spirit of Fear. Sammy Jay brings Lightfoot word. And A Game of Hide and Seek. Chapter 4 The Spirit of Fear. When the days grow cold and the nights are clear there stalks abroad the spirit of fear it is sad but true autumn is often called the sad time of the year and it is the sad time but it shouldn't be old mother nature never intended that it should be she meant it to be the glad time it is the time when all the little people of the green forest and the green meadows have got over the cares and worries of bringing up families and teaching their children how to look out for themselves. It is the season when food is plentiful and everyone is fat and is, or ought to be, carefree. It is the season when old mother nature intended all her little people to be happy to have nothing to fear them for the little time before the coming of cold weather and the hard times which cold weather always brings but instead of this a grim dark figure goes stalking over the green meadows and through the green forest and it is called the spirit of fear it peers into every hiding-place and wherever it finds one of the little people it sends little cold chills over him little chills which jolly round bright mr sun cannot chase away though he shine his brightest all night as well as all day the spirit of fear searches out the little people of the green meadows and the green forest it will not let them sleep it will not let them eat in peace it drives them to seek new hiding-places and then drives them out of those it keeps them ever ready to fly or run at the slightest sound. Peter Rabbit was thinking of this as he sat at the edge of the dear old briar-patch, looking over to the green forest. The green forest was no longer green. It was of many colours, for old Mother Nature had set Jack Frost to painting the leaves of the maple trees and the beech trees and the birch trees and the poplar trees and the chestnut trees, and he had done his work well very very lovely were the reds and the yellows and browns against the dark green of the pines and the spruces and the hemlocks the purple hills were more softly purple than at any other season of the year it was all very very beautiful but peter had no thought for the beauty of it all for the spirit of fear had visited even the dear old briar-patch and peter was afraid it wasn't fear of reddy fox "'or Redtail the Hawk, or Hooty the Owl, or Old Man Coyote. "'They were forever trying to catch him, "'but they did not strike terror to his heart, "'because he felt quite smart enough to keep out of their clutches. "'To be sure, they gave him sudden frights sometimes, "'when they happened to surprise him. "'But these frights lasted only until he reached "'the nearest Bramble Tangle, or hollow log, "'where they could not get at him. "'But the fear that chilled his heart now never left him even for a moment and peter knew that this same fear was clutching at the hearts of bob white hiding in the brown stubble of mrs grouse squatting in the thickest bramble tangle in the green forest of uncle billy possum and bobby coon in their hollow trees of jerry muskrat in the smiling pool of happy jack squirrel hiding in the treetops of lightfoot the deer lying in the closest thicket he could find. It was even clutching at the hearts of Granny and Reddy Fox, and of Great Big Buster Bear. It seemed to Peter that no one was so big or so small that this terrible spirit of fear had not searched him out. Far in the distance sounded a sudden bang. Peter jumped and shivered. HE KNEW THAT EVERYONE ELSE WHO HAD HEARD THAT BANG HAD JUMPED AND SHIVERED JUST AS HE HAD. IT WAS THE SEASON OF HUNTERS WITH TERRIBLE GUNS. IT WAS MAN WHO SENT THIS TERRIBLE SPIRIT OF FEAR TO CHILL THE HEARTS OF THE LITTLE MEADOW AND FOREST PEOPLE AT THIS VERY TIME WHEN OLD MOTHER NATURE HAD MADE ALL THINGS SO BEAUTIFUL AND HAD INTENDED THAT THEY SHOULD BE HAPPIEST AND MOST CAREFREE FROM CARE AND WORRY. It was man who made the autumn a sad time instead of a glad time, the very saddest time of all the year, when old Mother Nature had done her best to make it the most beautiful. I don't understand these men-creatures, said Peter to little Mrs. Peter, as they stared fearfully out from the dear old briar-patch. They seem to find pleasure, actually find pleasure, in trying to kill us. I don't understand them at all. They haven't any hearts. That must be the reason. They haven't any hearts. Chapter 5. Sammy Jay Brings Lightfoot Word Sammy Jay is one of those who believe in the wisdom of the old saying, early to bed and early to rise. Sammy needs no alarm clock to get up early in the morning. He is awake as soon as it is light enough to see, and wastes no time wishing he could sleep in a little longer. His stomach wouldn't let him if he wanted to. Sammy always wakes up hungry. In this, he is no different from all his feathered friends. So the minute Sammy gets his eyes open, he makes his toilet, for Sammy is very neat, and starts out to hunt for his breakfast. Long ago, Sammy discovered that there is no safer time of day to visit the dooryards of those two-legged creatures called men than very early in the morning. On this particular morning, he had planned to fly over to Farmer Brown's dooryard, but at the last minute he changed his mind. Instead, he flew over to the dooryard of another farm. It was so very early in the morning that Sammy didn't expect to find anybody stirring, so you can guess how surprised he was when, just as he came in sight of that dooryard, he saw the door of the house open and a man step out. "'Sammy stopped on the top of the nearest tree. "'Now what is that man doing up as early as this?' muttered Sammy. "'Then he caught sight of something under the man's arm. "'He didn't have to look twice to know what it was. "'It was a gun! "'Yes, sir, it was a gun, a terrible gun!' "'Ha!' exclaimed Sammy, and quite forgot that his stomach was empty. "'Now who can that fellow be after so early in the morning?' I wonder if he is going to the dear old briar-patch to look for Peter Rabbit, or if he is going to the old pasture in search of Reddy Fox, or if it is Mr. and Mrs. Grouse he hopes to kill. I think I'll sit right here and watch. So Sammy sat in the top of the tree and watched the hunter with the terrible gun. He saw him head straight for the green forest. It's Mr. and Mrs. Grouse after all, I guess, thought Sammy if i knew just where they were i'd go over and warn them but sammy didn't know just where they were and he knew that it might take him a long time to find them so once more he began to think of breakfast and then right then another thought popped into his head he thought of lightfoot the deer sammy watched the hunter enter the green forest then he silently followed him from the way the hunter moved "'Sammy decided that he wasn't thinking of Mr. and Mrs. Grouse. "'It's Lightfoot the deer, sure as I live,' muttered Sammy. "'He ought to be warned. He certainly ought to be warned. "'I know right where he is. I believe I'll warn him myself.' "'Sammy found Lightfoot right where he had expected to. "'He's coming!' cried Sammy. "'A hunter with a terrible gun is coming!' CHAPTER six. A Game of Hide and Seek There was a game of hide and seek that Danny Meadow Mouse once played with Buster Bear. It was a very dreadful game for Danny. But hard as it was for Danny, it didn't begin to be as hard as the game Lightfoot the Deer was playing with the hunter in the green forest. In the case of Buster Bear and Danny, the latter had simply to keep out of reach of Buster as long as buster didn't get his great paws on danny the latter was safe then too danny is a very small person he is so small that he can hide under two or three leaves wherever he is he is pretty sure to find a hiding place of some sort his small size gives him advantages in a game of hide and seek it certainly does but lightfoot the deer is big he is one of the biggest of the people who live in the green forest. Being so big, it is not easy to hide. Moreover, a hunter with a terrible gun does not have to get close in order to kill. Lightfoot knew all this as he waited for the coming of the hunter, of whom Sammy Jay had warned him. He had learned many lessons in the hunting season of the year before, and he remembered every one of them he knew that to forget even one of them might cost him his life so standing motionless behind a tangle of fallen trees lightfoot listened and watched presently over in the distance he heard sammy jay screaming thief 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 a little sigh of relief escaped lightfoot he knew that the screaming of sammy jay's was a warning to tell him where the hunter was Knowing just where the hunter was made it easier for Lightfoot to know what to do. A merry little breeze came stealing through the green forest. It came from behind Lightfoot and danced on towards the hunter with the terrible gun. Instantly, Lightfoot began to steal softly away through the green forest. He took the greatest care to make no sound. He went in a half-circle, stopping every few steps to listen "'and test the air with his wonderful nose. "'Can you guess what Lightfoot was trying to do? "'He was trying to get behind the hunter "'so that the merry little breezes would bring to him the dreaded man-scent. "'So long as Lightfoot could get that scent, "'he would know where the hunter was, "'though he could neither see nor hear him. "'If he had remained where Sammy Jay had found him, the hunter might have come within shooting distance before Lightfoot could have located him. So the hunter with the terrible gun walked noiselessly through the green forest, stepping with the greatest care to avoid snapping a stick underfoot, searching with keen eye every thicket and likely hiding place for a glimpse of Lightfoot, and studying the ground for traces to show that Lightfoot had been there. End of Section 2